Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Cap City Sportscast. My name is Callahan Steed. I cover the Monona Gulf Silver Eagles, the Cambridge Blue Jays, the Deerfield Demons, and the McFarland Spartans. My name is Peter Limblad. I cover the Wanakee Warriors, the Forest Norskies, Lodi Blue Devils, and Point at Pumas. And I'm Ryan Gregory. I have the Sun Prairie Schools, Marshall, and Waterloo. Normally at this time, we would kind of like to go around the horn and kind of shoot the breeze a little bit, but there are a <laughs> lot of insanely close games around the area over the weekend. I have them written down. I have nine so far from the area, and could be more that were decided by a touchdown or less. Mm -hmm. So we have to literally jump right into it and <laughs> use our full 30-minute allowment to talk about all these games. Well, I might just let you guys have the floor then, because most of mine were blown. <laughs> Three out of four of mine were I'm going to say all of mine were. <laughs> well, normally at this time, I would toss it over to Ryan Gregory, but he had a bunch of blowouts, so yeah, I'm going to steer that conversation over to a thrilling, thrilling contest between the DeForest Norskis and the Monona Grove Silver Eagles that happened on Friday, mm -hmm. where God bless whoever was running the scoreboard, because they probably had their <laughs> hands full for it. Peter, Max Mitchell scores eight, eight touchdowns, touchdowns. Wow. and it still wasn't enough for the Norskis, who fall 70-62 to 62 as Monona Grove gets a big win so crazy. at home. Yeah, what I mean, a wild what, game. What a wild one. I, I don't know if you expected a, a shootout, but uh, I, I know DeForest's uh, offense has been coming around, and, and they've been getting better kind of as the weeks uh, go on. Max Mitchell is really, I mean... He's kind of announced his presence now as a as a pretty strong quarterback. He threw for 443 yards in the loss and five touchdowns, and then he ran for three more. Um, and then as far as the receiving core for DeForest, they've really found something with Anthony Glenn. Um, he had nine catches for 187 yards in the loss, and Jackson Aquardi, of course, the big tight end hauled in six catches for 120 yards. And Jalen Carter rushed for 100 yards uh, in the Norski loss. So, you know, they they seem to be getting um, contributions from, you know, all three levels or all levels with the passing game and, and the running game. So that offense is getting better, um, but maybe they've got some work to do on defense. <laughs> yeah, uh, Monona Grove was able to take What makes you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Monona Grove was able to take advantage of that. Cal Moreau threw... Uh, Two uh, touchdown passes to Preston uh, Humor, one of 77 yards where Humor was able to get over the defense, uh, over the top, and that kind of what helped held the offense because Monona Grove trailed 14 to nothing early. And when I talked with Coach Brandon Beckwith about it afterwards, he had said, you know, this, that was kind of you know the way that got the adrenaline going. It mm -hmm. kind of got everybody fired up right away and got them back into the game. So Moreau throws the two touchdowns. Uh, to humor also won right before the half too, which I'm sure was a momentum swing. But I think probably the biggest momentum swing was Jesus Garcia uh, gets a 10 yard interception return for a t touchdown defensive lineman. You know we all love seeing you know when a big guy gets the hands <laughs> on the football. Uh, when I talked with Coach Beckwith about it, and when I watched it back on uh, Max Props as well too, I was watching a little bit of the highlights for it again. I I, I was like I gotta see if I can find some highlights for this. Um, it was uh, Eli Feeler. Uh, deflected the pass because it was an intended screen and uh, basically fell in the arms of Garcia. Garcia raced to the corner of the end zone for a score, and Beckwith was like, that's one of the things, you know, we work on in practice. Get your hands up, and especially on a screen like that as well, too, where if a lineman's going to let you go by that easy, there's probably a reason for it. <laughs> and uh, Eli did a great job of realizing it because he starts getting upfield, stops, gets his hands up, knocks away the pass, gets in the arms of Garcia. 
who scores, and then also to Moreau's other touchdown pass was thrown to senior tight end Isaiah Herb on a reverse trick pass where it was handoff to Gavin Habowitz, who then uh, gave it to Cal Worth on a reverse, who then threw back to uh, Moreau, who then had a wide open Isaiah Herb, who you know was acting like he was blocking, snuck out on a wheel route for a touchdown. So Monona Grove able to take advantage of getting behind that defense. And then also, too, Moreau added two rushing touchdowns as well, too. And then uh, Gavin Habowitz with four touchdowns in the game. Uh, the senior who was up for the uh, Crazy Lakes Hirsch Award, unfortunately, did not make it to the uh, semifinalist, which I thought he might have a decent chance, especially after today. But, you know, a lot, a lot of good running backs in the state. So he uh, unfortunately fell short of that, but four touchdowns, 246 yards on the ground, including a 57-yarder in the fourth. That kind of helped break things open. And I believe that was the touchdown as well, too, where uh, they're backed up in their own end zone. And Coach Beckwith had said he had challenged the guys, you know, hey, we got to go score. We just can't get out of the end zone. That's what the Silver Eagles did. Uh, we were able to drive down the field and score. Uh, credit to DeForest. They kept battling, obviously, all the way till the end, you know, racking up those stats, which will be fun <laughs> when we put together all our all-conference awards. Yep. And we're like, hey, he caught six touchdowns instead of four. So <laughs> we thank you for that. Um, but yeah, for the Silver Eagles, you know, they had a close loss to Mount Horeb, second-ranked team in Division Three last week. They get a big win against the Forest. You know, yeah. like last week, I kind of had a little bit of a more pessimistic view on the Silver Eagles, but you get a big win against a conference rival, and then Sauk Prairie lost to Stoughton. So some shuffling going mm -hmm. on in the Badger South, but all of a sudden, uh, not the Badger South, the Badger, Badger small, small, I should say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All of a sudden, you know, second place looks to be a very feasible route for the Silver Eagles, mm -hmm. and that could come huge for playoff seating as well, too. But they got to get the playoff seating because uh, they got to get past Sauk Prairie first. But I do believe uh, right now they're three and three, uh, two and two overall in conference. So, uh, you know, one more win gets them on the bubble. But that's big when you have kind of those smaller teams like Portage, Sauk Prairie that could give you fits. You never know about. Uh, so, big win for the Silver Eagles. But. Yeah, so that was a big first one. Uh, Peter, I guess you were at uh, Lodi and Milwaukee Academy of Science, yes. if I remember correctly, um, right? And, and it was Lodi's homecoming. Uh, Milwaukee Academy of Science uh, replaced Bigfoot, um, who had to forfeit uh, due to injuries and low numbers. And props for um, Milwaukee Science for taking yeah, on the game like the that. Game. Absolutely, on short notice. And, uh, you know... Uh, as I was talking to my colleagues before uh, entering, uh, Milwaukee Academy of Science was game in mm -hmm. this one. Um, they started out big time. Uh, talking to Coach Poles, uh, David Poles of Lodi before the game, uh, he was a little worried about the Nova speed, and he had good reason to be because Randy Moore took the opening kickoff 88 yards for a score mm -hmm. and uh, put them on top right away. And then um, quarterback Braylon Albritton um, connected with Cameron Gray on a 54-yard pass in the second quarter. And um, if there weren't uh, some drops and some passes misjudged by some Milwaukee Academy of Science receivers and they didn't have some penalties, uh, it might have been a, a much closer game. Um, Albritton looked really good uh, throwing the ball. Uh, he had a, a couple of throws where he dropped it right in the bucket on long passes, and they were dropped. And uh, so um, 
it could have been a much closer game. And I think defensively, the Novas uh, did all right, uh, kind of containing Mason Lane. But in the end, uh, the Blue Devils were able to overpower them with a strong ground game. They piled up 267 yards on the ground. Uh, Lane did throw for 120 yards and a touchdown and ran for 80 yards and two scores. But Brady Poles was probably the big story in this one for Lodi. He bowled his way to 109 rushing yards, and they really didn't have much of an answer for him, while uh, Kyler Clemens uh, chipped in with 84 rushing yards. Um, so, But uh, the big story is they have a big clash with Columbus. Oh, yeah. That's going to be the game rank. you're probably yes, going to be at. that is the game I'm going to. They it's are one of the, the games rank. of the year. Yep, and... Uh, Columbus top ranked in Division Five. Lodi second ranked in Division Four. They're both both four and zero this year. Um, this game probably will decide the capital. I would have uh, we'll to imagine. Yeah. I mean, Lake Mills and Lakeside Lutheran is still hanging around, but uh, Lakeside that, Lutheran is also state ranked as well too. Yeah. I just saw, mm-hmm. and they face each other. Uh, I do believe this week as well too. So lots of yeah. big matchups. Lots in of big the matchups in the capital. Yeah, this is a big week for the capital. Yeah. Also, too, if I do remember correctly, Milwaukee Academy of Science is joining the Capitol next year for football as well, too. If I oh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I think I think that that could be a possibility. I'll have to That'd be some fun road trips. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, <laughs> have fun driving. Maybe out a tomorrow. preview of coming attractions. I guess. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and then Ryan, you were at Wanakee versus Sun Prairie West, so you got to. It was funny last week. I was like, man, we just never really get to hear about you know all the like big stars from Wanakee, but you got to see him up and close. Yeah, unfortunately, I was at uh, Wanakee Sun Prairie West, <laughs> and uh, probably the best part about that evening is I was home by about 9.30, <laughs> <laughs> because it was a 58-0 to zero walloping. I mean, Wanakee never punted in this game. Wanakee did pretty much whatever it wanted offensively. I mean, the, the numbers aren't, like, that gaudy. I mean, it's 260 rush yards and 207 passing, which, you know, a lot of teams would be pretty – pleased with you know 450 yards but it felt like about double to triple that just with the way that Wanaki was breaking like they would hand it off up the middle and it would go for 30 yards like it was just uh, operating at will uh, when it came to the Wanaki offense and you know that's to be expected there's a lot of names on that offense that you know uh, they're ranked second in this in the state for a reason or yeah second in yeah. D2 currently yeah, yeah. and they they trounced Sun Prairie East, which trounced Sun Prairie West. So you knew coming into this one just by transitive properties that the <laughs> the odds were not in the Wolves' favor. Um, you know, if there's any benefits to take away from this from Sun, for Sun Prairie West, it's um, they're really exploring the passing game more as they've been in situations where, you know, they knew they were going to be behind. Um, they're starting to trust Brady Rhodes more and kind of letting the short passing game become an extension of the running game. Whereas just, you know, get the ball out quick to um, – Daniel Wilson Jr. get it out quick to Caden Updike and just kind of, you know, get some tempo in the offense, get something moving other than, you know, they have a very creative rushing game, but to add the short passing game to it to kind of, you know, color things up a little bit, it's um, inspiring to see because, like we talked about earlier, they really weren't trusting Rhodes' arm despite being a year into the, into the offense. And so while these last two games have been really tough losses, they've – kind of let him mature in the offense and kind of let him work more. And, you know, the the, the next two Badger-Large games that are coming up on the schedule are must-win now. And so to kind of have that passing element wake up is a great sign. And, you know, talking with Co- Coach Josh O'Connor after the game, I was like, you know, you guys did this last year. You guys got walloped by Easton Wanakee in back-to-back weeks. And he's like, 
you know, the kids get kind of used to it. <laughs> and they're like, they know how to bounce back from it because this exact same thing happened last year. And, and he's like, and we can point to that and be like, and then remember, we beat Beaver Dam, and then we beat Oregon, and then we commit, and then we uh, qualified for the playoffs. So it's like the light at the end of the tunnel is is there. Whereas usually a fifty eight to zero game where the last two points scored is a punt snap or a, a punt snap that went over the punter's head for a safety <laughs> in the end zone usually be a little bleak. But these guys are I don't want to say used to it, but the, these guys have experienced this before, bounced back from it when they were in their first years of program. And so if anything, it's like a no, we can come back and we can learn from this type deal. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, another team, I guess, that bounced back from a big loss last week and got a victory this week was the Deerfield Demons. Uh, so they win 29-27 over St. Mary. Uh, the Z- the Zyphers, I believe uh, yeah, they are. Yeah. The who? Yeah, an interesting name. <laughs> yeah. What'd uh, you call me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Deerfield gets a win after a bounce back from a 42 nothing loss to Cambria. One of the things that I kind of thought after the Cambria game was, you know, the offensive line had a tough time, uh, and it kind of made me think back to the Cambridge game where they struggled, and Coach Sweeger, I mentioned that they had struggled, and then they had bounced back really good against uh, Partyville, which I thought, hmm, this might be the case, you know, you know, Deerfield kind of responds pretty good to some blowouts, and that was the case, you know, they... Uh, they were able to get the win. Did not make it easy on themselves. Uh, typical Deerfield game where a couple of mental mistakes. They had a blocked punt before the half, which resulted in a score. Two blocked extra points. Dang. Two failed onside recovery kicks. Oh, my God. So Coach Sweeger said, game aged me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I always feel like every Deerfield game's crazy. So God bless that man's health. Um, but he one of the things he mentioned was, you know, they just persevered through all that. And so... St. Mary's had scored uh, with a minute left, but they were still trailing by two. So they had to go for the two-point conversion. Mm. Deerfield able to bounce back after giving up that score. Gets a nice pass rush on the play. Uh, forces an incompletion. On the you know ensuing kickoff, that's when they do the onside kick. Gets recovered by St. Mary's. And uh, Coach Swigger had mentioned that Declan Pullman, I believe, was one of the players that bounced off of. And, you know, he said in that moment, you know, you obviously don't want to make that mistake. But what he did was he bounced back and was able to get a key pass deflection uh, on a play right before Eli Key, the senior defensive back for Deerfield, gets a game-sealing interception to give Deerfield the win. Uh, All-around good game from the offense. Austin Anderson uh, totals four touchdowns, uh, one rush, three passing, 15 of 24, 263 yards. Zach Hansen, big night for him, six receptions, 188 yards, including a big touchdown pass. Uh, Key also caught a touchdown pass, and Mesfin Drexler as well, too, caught a touchdown pass. He's one of the kids that are kind of starting to come on, and when I asked Swigger about him, just had the perfect response. He's a football player. When you're at a small <laughs> school, you just need football players. You know, yep. They put him at linebacker. They put him at defensive line. They put him at halfback. They put him you know, in a blocking <laughs> situation, and he's just like, there's not an area where we don't think he can succeed, and he goes out and he succeeds. <laughs> so just an all-around football player. So, you know, that, that's a big win for not only, you know, it's nice to see a team bounce back after, you know, a tough loss from the previous week, but also, too, it keeps them alive for the playoffs as well, too. Just keep an eye on the trailways. Again, it, it happened mm-hmm. last year, and I'm kind of seeing it again this year. <laughs> Every team has a win so far. There's not a guaranteed, you know, walk-in-the-park win in that conference. Deerfield's got four games left. No, three games left, excuse me. There you go. Two tough opponents in Lords and Johnson Creek. 
obviously that's very tough. And then Fall River as well, too. So I'm not saying, you know, oh, they're going to go. Fall River beat Party Brush. Right. Mm. So, again, you never know what will happen. Deerfield upset Lord's Academy last year. Again, it's the trailways, you know, just yep. saying. When I say keep an eye on it, I mean keep an eye on it. So it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there, but I'm glad that those kids were able to bounce back, especially with all the stuff that had happened uh, with, you know, the mental mistakes. And what's nice about it is you figured out that you could overcome those adversities, but also, too, that stuff you can work on in the week of practice. Where yep. That's something where it's like, we got the win, but, oh, my God, we need to work on this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just um, – Peter, I'll toss it back to you uh, since we only only have one more theme left for you to discuss. Yeah, and I, I guess I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't have said all. there were three or four blowouts. Actually, Poinette uh, put up a, a pretty good fight against uh, Mostyn. Um, they actually were on their way to the first win of the year, not counting the forfeit they got from uh, Montello, Princeton, and Green Lake. Um, however, a, a big fourth quarter by Mostyn uh, led to a a 42 to 23 loss. Poinette actually led 16 to 6 at the half and 23 oh, to 22 heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, but Mostyn outscored the Pumas 20 to nothing the rest of the oh, way. That's tough. Uh, yeah, so a tough loss for uh, Poinette. Um, Tyler Link um, for uh, Mostyn passed for 305 yards and three scores, while Brady Baldwin rushed for 111 yards. The Pumas uh, were led by, uh, speaking of two way players, um, Vance Hathaway. Um, he had a big all-around game. He rushed for uh, 85 yards and caught a couple of passes for 22 yards. Not a lot of yards there, but he is he does play a role in their passing game. But he also returned a fumble recovery, 44 yards for a touchdown. So um, nice. He's been kind of an emerging uh, star for them, and uh, you know they've been. Um, kind of trying to work on, uh, you know, the quarterback situation with Ashton Meister. Um, he, he had a, a pretty solid game, too, as well, uh, completing 11 of 20, 22 passes for 151 yards uh, and two touchdowns. Uh, but he did have two picks in the game. So, um, But they they got a chance uh, to, to get a win this week when they play uh, Westfield. They go to Westfield. Westfield is only 2-4 and four overall and 1-3 uh, and three in the conference, and they've been shut out four times. So, um, you know, this this is a chance for Poinette to get right. Yep, so, absolutely. We'll Hopefully Poinette gets right. You know, we always love cheering for all our teams in the area. Uh, I guess speaking of two-way players, and it sucks because I know I have to get to Ryan to talk about his things, but I think that's a perfect segue, though, for McFarland uh, because Hayden Harrison had himself a really strong night, wide receiver slash defensive back for the Spartans. McFarland gets a 39-33 win over Edgerton, which officially punches their ticket to the playoffs with the forfeit against East Troy coming up this week. That gives the Spartans officially four conference wins. Uh, the winning play was a... Uh, touchdown run by Braylon Roeder. I forgot to write it down. Dang it, Cal, you idiot. I think it was from about <laughs> four yards out or something like that. Kept a read option. And on that drive, uh, McFarland had converted a fourth and two run with Andrew Molly getting the first down. That kept the drive alive. Hayden Harrison then makes a nice catch uh, and run. That gets him really into territory. So then Braylon Roeder was able to uh, run it in. And then they're able to hang on against a very strong Edgerton uh, passing attack, you know, Coach Ackley gave praise to Cole Langer, the quarterback of the Crimson Tide, uh, for his performance. Um, but I think just one, you know, a great job by the McFarland offense. Braylon Roeder scores four touchdown passes, two in the air, uh, two on the ground. Again, another 100-yard performance for Roeder. And it's just interesting. He's not very much of a, like a dual-threat guy, but it's just kind of more 
dropping back, scrambling, and just seeing, you know, take what the defense gives you. And on those scrambles, if you can get seven or eight yards, I mean, that's seven or eight yards. Yep. In the game of football, you only need 10 yards to get a first down. <laughs> and if you keep forgetting first downs, that's how you become yep. successful. Uh, so, yeah, he scores four touchdowns, uh, including one to Blake Bernhardt right before the half. Again, you score right before the half. That's a big momentum swing in uh, high school sports. Uh, and also, two through a 90-yard pass to Hayden Harrison. Harrison also had a uh, 79-yard kick return for a touchdown. Uh, Ackley credited his blocking on Roeder's uh, long touchdown run that he had over 50 yards. And also, too, he had an interception, some couple of key pass breakups as well, too. Ackley said that kid never left the field, it seemed like. <laughs> uh, so a big performance from him. Uh, again, like that's one of the things that I've been noticing with this young Spartan team. You're seeing that junior class, some guys starting to really step up with Malley running the ball. And uh, Harrison at wide receivers had a couple of strong games. So this McFarland team figuring some things out as they go. And, you know, I point back to what Coach Ackley said beginning of the year. We got eight more weeks to figure some things out. They're starting to figure it out. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them. And also just like Monona Grove as well, too. They were down 14 to nothing to start out. So I don't know what it is with those uh, teams around the area, but 14 to nothing, you have them right where you want them. <laughs> uh, Ryan, I'm sure a team that was up 14 to nothing right away was Marshall against Dodgeland, I'm assuming, and they did not let off the gas. Yeah, uh, this one was 21 to zero at the half in an eventual 42 to six victory. Uh, Marshall called the dogs off entirely at half. They were up 42 to zero. You know exactly what you expected. It's, it's what I said coming into this game. Um, Another big game for um, Matthew Modal, and we talked about the Crazy Legs Hirsch Award earlier. It is a farce I, that he did not make the semifinal list. I did see he made it at linebacker, though. Yeah, he made it at Giants. linebacker, which is fine. He's a better running back, but the kid has, like, That's fair. he's coming up on 1,000 rushing yards and 14 touchdowns right now with three games left to go in the regular season. He's not even a semifinalist. Like, that is hmm. that is farcical, but... Anywho, I'll I'll beat the drum for him all day, but um, yeah, I guess he's got to just prove it in the postseason now. Yeah, if, if exactly. If he gets fired up about it, <laughs> use it postseason material. He has 189 rushing yards in this one and three touchdowns, including in uh, and also had an 81 yard uh, kickoff return touchdown to start the game, kind of set the pace there. So you do the math on how much uh, net yardage he counted for that day. Just you know, not a whole lot to say. Marshall, this this is game. This is a game that Marshall never really ever struggles in they they don't they very rarely play down to competition when when you're not as good as Marshall they're gonna roll you and um very interesting next game up for them with a home game against Cambridge super excited to see what happens there and you know I I talked to head coach Matt Kleinheitz fairly often he's like you know those guys can throw the ball they got he he believes in Buckman he thinks that he thinks that Buckman's for real and um those receivers can play those receivers can make moves and get open and um you know, I'm, I'm sure that Marshall is looking forward to, you know, somebody that can challenge them vertically outside of Waterloo. No one's really tried to throw on them that much. I, th- I, I guess Houston kind of did, and it kind of caught him off guard. So I'm I'm sure if anything, Klein Heights is looking to, you know, have some iron sharp, sharpening iron here and be like, yeah, let's see let's see how our guys stand up against probably the best passing team that they'll face in the regular season. Yeah, and I guess speaking of passing teams in the uh, conference. Waterloo and Palmyra Eagle decide to light up the scoreboard as well too with a couple touchdowns. But the more game of the uh, the story from that game, Trevor Ferrari, I believe, uh, yep. having a strong performance on the ground. Yeah, second straight shootout week for the Pirates, winning fifty six to thirty two. I mean, 
Uh, there's got to be some blood pressure medication flowing in the coaching room at, at Waterloo with how, how many points they're scoring and how many points they're giving up. Jeez. But, um, yeah, I, I made the lead of the story. I made the headline of the story, Trevor Ferrari, because, like, what, what else can you say about this kid? Just Like you said about some of those Deerfield athletes, the kid's just a football player. He used to be a slot, and the coaches were like, we need you to play running back. He's like, oh, yeah, bet. I'll run for 262 yards and four touchdowns in this game against Palmyra. Um did I say two or four touchdowns there? I don't know, but how many did he you He had four. Okay, perfect. Because I was looking at the stat line, and Dakota Sturgill also rushed for two. Waterloo ran for 400 total yards in this game. It was insane, and they needed it because they allowed uh, 325 passing yards from Palmyra. Another team that can kind of spread it out a little bit. You know, um, Waterloo didn't go through the air too much, but Cal Hush did throw for two touchdowns. But uh, big thing was defensively. The, the interceptions in, these games were pre- in this game were pretty p- uh, pivotal for Waterloo to be able to come out on top, both Caleb Bullock and Ryan Sturgill with picks uh, as Waterloo's uh, able to pull away in the second half. But, um, you know, the Pirates, much-needed bounce-back game. And um, after that Marshall loss, obviously, and now they got Dodgeland next, so I'm expecting um, <laughs> further point scoring from Waterloo and hopefully less point scoring from the opponent this time. But uh really have my eye on those last two games of the season at Clinton, at Houston. That's going to be tough, like, Waterloo, in my eyes, is the second-best team in the Eastern Suburban. They're going to have to prove it down the stretch. I mean, when they beat Dodgeland, that will be um, qualification for the playoffs. Yes. So that'll be in the bag, but these those last two weeks will be about A, seeding, and B, proving that you're those guys. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, and uh, sp- uh, staying in the Eastern Suburban Conference, uh, Cambridge and Horicott Houstonford had themselves a uh, Heck of a game and battle on Friday night. Houstonicons well for real. Yeah, the it's very, fun. I was very impressed uh, with the Houston rushing attack, and even uh, Coach uh, Rob Nellis had said, "Very well coached team, very well coached offense." And what happened a couple times was, you know, kind of the younger defensive line of Cambridge kind of got confused on some gaps and how they line up, and Houston was able to take advantage of it. It was tied 21-21 at the half, but a couple of uh, drives down the field uh, for Horicon Houstonford helped kind of milk that clock, and they were able to punch it in. Uh, going up 35-21 at one point, uh, Buckman threw a late touchdown pass to Kiefer Parrish uh, for their second of the game. They also scored one in the second quarter. Uh, but an onside kick recovery was recovered by Horicon Houston. They were able to run out the clock. Uh, so, you know, Cambridge hung with them. It's a, a, you know, Coach Nellis said after the game, you know, we're trying to figure out where we're at. There's like three tiers in this conference. You know, we're trying to figure out if we're in the good team. Like, you know, we think we're right there, but we've got some things we got to work on. Uh, That's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah, I think. honestly, like, they're right at the doorstep. They're but, right on the cuffs, you know, like, competing water, for it. Took Waterloo to overtime, but, you know, one or two of little adjustments, I think they'll be all right. Yep. Uh, also, credit to Owen Nellis, uh, you know, Rob Nellis's uh, son who plays running back. Uh, for Cambridge, uh, named after Owen Schmidt, a fullback. For oh, West I love Virginia. that. Yeah, when he told me that, I was like, that's such a football move to yep. name your son after a fullback. That's love so it. sick. Um, and he said afterwards, yeah, he ran like him as well, too. I mean, Nellis had a couple of tough runs as well, too, including one where he broke about four tackles, which was perfect mm-hmm. for take, me taking photos because I was like, man, he's staying up. <laughs> this is perfect. Uh, he had two uh, touchdown runs, so you know, good to see them have some balance in their uh, rushing attack. Uh, so, yeah, tough matchup against Marshall next week. But, again, that would be a good measuring stick game to see. You yep. know, where For both sides. At. Yeah, absolutely. And then also to Sun Prairie East as well, too. They, again, continuing to figure some things out. 
Yeah, they put a freaking hurting on Oregon. They were up 42-7 to at the end of the third quarter and kind of pulled the dogs off as uh, Oregon was able to score twice to make it look closer than it was, 42-21. Uh, Drew Kavanaugh continues his impressive return to form. You know, he, you saw him throw for so many touchdowns against Minota Grove, and then things got tough. But he's really rounded back into form, throws for 338 yards and six touchdowns in this one. Uh, Connor Stoff, uh, you know, both of those guys are up for senior awards this season and for good reason. Stoff with nine catches for 181 yards and three touchdowns. Just, you know, you want to talk about a team where passing is an extension of the running game. I mean, they only ran for 54 yards in this game, but they didn't need hardly any of it with how much the offense was cooking. And, you know, congrats to the Cardinals on what will be a undefeated remainder of the regular season as they have at Milton, Watertown, and Stoughton. Uh, so, you know, that stock will only continue to rise as um, – as the, as the season wraps up, and I'll be at that Milton game down down in the Janesville area. This, uh, uh, yes, you'll be returning to my old stomping ground. Yeah, so. I'll have to ask you for some food recommendations or uh, something. Uh, there's not a whole lot around there yet, sadly, <laughs> but I'll think of something. McDonald's. Peter, yeah, uh, sadly went out of business. Do you have anything you need to add at all for any of your schools or anything like that? Yeah, I, unfortunately, I, I just because of space issues, I had to leave out the cross-country stories for Pointed and Lodi this week, and it's too bad because Piper Johnson, uh, she won – uh, one of the meets uh, for uh, Poinette, and uh, Roger Mellon won two meets for Lodi. Oh wow! So uh, some really good uh, perf- performances there. Yeah, we are. We all know that we are very much struggling on space. We'll, yeah, we'll talk. The we'll, choir talk here. Yeah. we'll talk about that on a different day for a podcast. But an exciting week all around uh, as nine local area teams uh one score games and what's fun about it is it has playoff implications as well too so i have to see where these dominoes continue to fall throughout the rest of the postseason chase Uh, for my colleagues ryan and peter i'm callahan steve thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time thank you